Why do exclusives matter? Find out exclusively on Triangle Squared. Uh, hello and welcome to episode four of Triangle Squared. Um, I'm your host, Brett Beck, and uh, alongside me, Saul, he only fucking plays Dark Souls 3. Not this week. I have new games. Bridges. Play. Oh, yeah. Okay. Persona. I'm sorry. If you follow us on Twitter, you will know that the only thing he can play right now is Persona. Oh, so yeah. I apologize. I'm a liar, uh, but I fixed it. I started playing Persona 4 on Vita again, so I'm not only playing one Persona, but two of them at, this, at this current time. We'll do go you into not that feel like bit. that's going to kill you? Potentially. Uh, Well, with today's episode, we want to discuss uh, why we think exclusives are important to a gaming market and how we think that they affect competition and exactly what they mean in terms of when someone goes to a store and wants to buy a console, how exclusives pull them in one direction or another. Uh, But until then, we're going to go over some news and releases for the week, so we'll hope you'll stick with us and uh, hear our opinions on that. But for now, Saul, I barely talked to you this week again as well. So what have you been playing? What have you been doing? Mainly Persona 5. Uh, It's a fantastic game. I'd recommend it. I posted a tweet saying I wish I could take screenshots just because of how stylistic that game is. The colors, the animation. Okay, now is this going back to the the rule that Atlas set in the place where you can't screenshot or screen or or capture any gameplay? Yeah, so you know you know how in some games you go into a cutscene and it has that gameplay pause uh, pause because you can't block because of cutscenes. It's that entire game, so you can't even screenshot anything. So as soon as you start, I think I think Star Ocean was like this for some reason. Was it? I'm pretty sure. The recent one on PS4? Yeah, Star Wars and um, whatever the fuck it's called. Hmm, I don't remember. Uh, I'd have played it, very little of it, but yeah, that's something Integrity that... Integrity and faithlessness. Got it. Okay, so you're looking down there. I also try to figure out why you're looking at your computer. Um, but yeah, I've been playing Persona 5. Uh, tried to start up Freedom Wars, but then I decided I want to play some Persona 4. So I'm kind of flipping back and forth. Um... So yeah, that's really it. I was trying to think there was another game I started on, but I, you know, I've been playing a little bit of Dying Light and just a oh, little yeah, bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Persona sucked me into that game, so Dying Light's getting left in the wayside for now. But okay. uh, what about sense. what about you this week? Uh, I platinum the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, uh, super good. Enjoyed it a lot, uh, and it does give me hope that I just like Telltale games regardless because that's in, that's completely not tied to any form of a universe I'd seen or or messed around with. Even though the Fables comic book looks cool, so I'm actually kind of wanting to get into it now because that's what the game was based around. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, as soon as I got done with that and went and got Far Cry Primal, and I've been meaning to play this forever, and it's super good. Playing it after playing Horizon, I thought there would be some kind of layover in my mind, but yeah, because the, the similar... yeah, but that Far Cry gameplay and that first person, the first person aspect, and then the fact that there's uh, you know caveman language and the yeah. dialogue is is subtitled and it's, it's not a whole lot of dialogue in comparison to a normal Far Cry game. The storyline goes out in way different and, uh, uh, in terms of the way that you go through story missions. Yeah, and watching you play it a couple of seconds ago, the UI is definitely reminiscent of Far, yeah, yeah. Far Cry it games. looks like it looks like Far Cry the little 4. sneaking meter that had the little half circle at the top. Yeah, was it looks pretty, like what they really similar, did so. with Far Cry three and four. When, I mean, yeah. obviously some of two as well. Uh, but past that, still playing a little Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, Mod Nation Racers, just trying to get that damn platinum before they close the servers down. But yep. we'll get into that in a minute. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's time to hop into the news. Um, so we got actually a pretty big list today. I think there's 11 or 12 uh, notes of you know things that I thought were pretty big and decently important. Um, first thing is that Sony has announced that the new Hot Shots Golf, but here's the trick on it. It's being called Everybody's Golf over here. Hotshots Golf in Japan, right? It, no, 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 no. It's oh. always been called every, Everybody's Golf in Japan. And even in Europe, I'm pretty sure. Uh, specifically in North America, it was always marketed and sold as Hotshots Golf. Interesting. So now for the first time, it's coming to us in North America as Everybody's, as golf. everybody's golf. Interesting. But they're still calling it a new Hotshots Golf series. So it's like a, it's a different name but still trying to put it as part of the series. I don't know. Obviously, it's going to be the gameplay that you know and love if you've played any of those games. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, those games are great. Um, Super fun. Uh, But that will be coming over and releasing on PS4 uh, on August 29th in North America. And also, one other thing I thought was pretty interesting, $39.99. Oh. So, $40 price. Yeah, that's pretty good price for those games. They they got 
they did pretty well with uh, the thirty nine ninety nine on uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, and uh, that was also what they ended up doing with uh, Sly Cooper back on PS3 and Vita. So I think that certain games they kind of look and they go, well, what kind of value is it if we drop it down to thirty nine ninety nine? We can get more people in the door, and these are games that don't necessarily like Ratchet and Clank had no online multiplayer, right? Nor did Sly Cooper, so right. Um, but not to go too far off on that, um, we'll be coming out August 29th. So for fans of the series, good to know. Uh, something I'm excited about, Square Enix have announced a DLC for Nier Automata, uh, and it is a treat for longtime fans of the series, like hardcore. Uh, the DLC includes three new costumes for the game's protagonist, uh, based off characters from the original Nier. Alright, so one of them, and I don't know, the, the announcement doesn't break it down completely, but one of them is like, you can have 2B, uh, the main character, right. in your first playthrough. You can have her look like Kaine from the first game. Now is that um, the girl from the first game? The, girl, the, the okay. main girl that's part of the party in the first game. Uh, so you can do her, uh, and then the other ones are based off of two other, you know, characters, and therefore two B and, uh, or I'm sorry, for uh, A two and nine S. Uh, so, as well, uh, the where you get these costumes from is as awards from arena battles um, that they're doing. Um, some of the awards also include new equipment and cosmetic accessories, like there's a hairspray that lets you change 2B's and A2's hair color. That's uh, cool. And they actually showed it in action. It looks pretty cool. Uh, and there's a mask with unique on-equip effects, so that like when you equip it, you get new effects going in. Masks weren't traditionally in the game that I saw, so that's pretty interesting. And I got the platinum, mm. so I'd hope that I'd saw most of it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, another interesting bit of this DLC is, they've done this before in other games, but the ability to fight Square Enix's CEO... Uh, Yasuke uh, Matsuda, as well as the Platinum uh, executive. I think it's CEO as well, Kenichi Sato. Uh, the DLC launches in Japan on May 2nd with Square saying that it's coming soon to North America. That was early week that I caught this, and that may have already been announced now, so uh, if you're interested in that, you may want to look into it. Um, I still need to play that game, and I'm actually kind of excited to do so after Persona. So yeah, well, we're on to the next thing. Speaking of Nier Automata, uh, PlayStation have revealed its previously teased 2B costume for Cat and Gravity Rush 2 uh, will be launching on April 7th in Japan for free. No word on North American release yet. Again, this was early week, so that may have been updated on, but I haven't seen anything, so I'm pretty sure that we'll get it over here eventually. Definitely because there's no real reason for it to not come yeah, over here. It'd be surprising. There's nothing they that they have to localize uh, text wise or anything, really. I mean, you text the name of the item, but yeah. easy. Um, moving on. Sony has announced that as of July 1st, and this is going back to what I was talking about, Mod Nation. Yep. Uh, Sony's announced that as of July 1st, they will be shutting down servers for the following games. Uh, first game is High Velocity Bowling. This is a PS3 game. Uh, the next one is Medieval Moves, Deadman's Quest. And then this is a PS3 game that came out uh, around the time that the move came out. So it's the move game. Got it. Uh, Sports Champions 1 and 2, also move games uh, that I love. Those games are super fun. Um, Mod Nation Racers, uh, Road Trip, which is specifically the Vita version. The PS3 version doesn't look to be being taken down. Hmm. Um, uh, and Kill Strain for the PS4. Which is a Which is the game. most interesting one. Because that game launched, I want to say, let's see if I put it in here. I know that it launched around late July last year. Yeah. So it's been, when they shut down the servers, it'll technically have the game being less than a year old. That's crazy. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, it sucks though because it means that as of July first, games like Mod Nation you can't even get the platinum in. Yeah, and that kind of fits into some guidelines we may go over. In yeah, a future well, episode for trophies. Yeah, for sure. I do want to have a trophy based episode. For, oh yeah, for for people who care about that kind of stuff. Um, moving on to the next item, Sony has announced that sometime this month the slimmer vision of the PS4 that launched late last year will now have a one terabyte hard drive moving forward remaining at the same 299 cost that they launched at so good. Good double price. the memory for the same price uh, and that's going down some point this month uh, that probably doesn't mean you won't see the two, the 500 gig ones but maybe they'll be price dropped for 279 249 who knows um, there might be sales to get those out of stock um, let's see oh and I thought this was just interesting to point out um the Xbox One S has a one terabyte version, but it costs three forty nine. So this is PlayStation. more. This yeah. is PlayStation. So, so this is a good value for people who actually are thinking about jumping into PlayStation. Yeah, and some people will probably argue you get the four K Blu-ray player with the Xbox, but I'm well, not yeah, going to say yeah, yeah. that that is something I would even use. So yeah, it's a great entry uh, price for a PS4. Yeah, fantastic yeah. price. So uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, Neil Drunkman, uh, which is the obviously Naughty Dog writer and director. Uh, for Uncharted 4, The Last of Us, and The Last of Us Part 2, has uploaded a picture on Twitter of, and I don't really know her name, is it Haley or Hallie? 
I want to say Haley Gross. Uh, well, Haley or Haley Gross. Yeah, it's one of the two. On top of a prop horse and a prop shotgun in hand. Now, this did look like it was in jest, and she wasn't wearing any mocap stuff herself, and she is also the co writer on this game. Uh, alongside yeah. Druckmann. So my assumption that this isn't necessarily even saying that it's part of the game. It really wouldn't be. Uh, I think this was just for fun on Twitter. But I do think that, uh, you know, there was that horseback sequence where you chase after Ellie in the first game. And I wonder if uh, we'll have something similar in this episode. Yeah, horseback combat two. would be really, really cool too. Yeah, horse, so. horseback combat would be cool. But I don't know, man. It's it, it's cool in, in, in the idea. Is it cool in execution? Naughty Dog can make it that way, I'm sure. <laughs> they have we'll the tools. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next item is uh, Sony XDev Europe seems to be working on a, some unannounced projects for PS4. Uh, as they tweeted earlier in the week saying, Great day at XDev Towers, showing at Yosp, which is uh, Shuhai Yoshida, mm-hmm. uh, head of Worldwide Studios. Uh, all of our secret stuff and some other stuff. Uh, oh, and uh, some other not-so-secret stuff. Safe travel, Shu. Um, Interesting. That was quoted from them. So, yeah, that's cool to see. Uh, secret product. I mean... It's interesting that it's XDev because that is what kind of like Journey was yeah. and what remains of Edith Finch, even though that dropped out. But these kind of externally developed, but also helped by Sony staff. Um, so uh, next thing up, uh, and this is something that matters for all those who, want, who haven't touched their Vita in a little bit and want to go back into it, um, maybe to play some Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, or get that platinum in Mod Nation. Yeah. Uh, update 3.65 for the Vita went live last Tuesday. The update doesn't appear to add any new features, with the patch notes only stating system software stability uh, during use of some features has been approved. So that's about par for the course. It's not a big jump from what it was. Yeah. Um, it took like three minutes to download and install yeah, everything. Yeah, it's extremely so small. So. Nothing too big. Um, next thing up, and it's a little... It's gone through... The way it was marketed is hell, but Bandai Namco announced Code Vein, a third-person action RPG in which you play as a vampire, being developed by Bandai Namco Studios. The game is currently slated for a 2018 release. So there's some stuff surrounding this that I thought was interesting to talk about. Yeah. Initially, they kept saying from Dark Souls publisher. Yeah, and I they don't... kept trying to really ride those Dark Souls coattails. And if you looked, the first thing that they did was hashtag prepare to dine, which yeah. is funny and in a, a really good way of, of trying to blend that marketing. But it confused a lot of people to make it seem like this was actually the new game from um, from from software. Yeah, and um, see, they, uh, I was just about to look it up, uh, but Bandai has published tons of games. So to compare it to that one game is kind of off to me. It's just for marketing. But yeah, if yeah. it's similar, it's similar. But if it's marketing, it's kind of a Yeah, a I mean, yeah, movie. there's no quiet announcement on gameplay. So there very well could be gameplay that is somewhat similar yeah. to that. Um, there's no saying right now. But I'm sure we'll see. They've, they've announced a little more throughout the week. But it's just small snippets. So if you're interested in the game, look it up. Our I mean, style's cool. artwork and stuff. The artwork that's revealed in the trailer is different than the one that was in the teaser, and some people were upset about that. But okay, yeah, go check it out. I'll have to check that out. It's kind of got that. that 3D anime look from like uh, Ozian and stuff like that. Oh. Um, hmm. So, next thing up is that patch 1.13 released this last week for Horizon Zero Dawn. The patch adds a few new features, such as support for background music uh, playback and the ability to drop treasure chests. Uh, the patch also includes various progression fixes and general fixes. Fixes where there was some issues like a um, certain quest you could escape the area that you were supposed to be and get stuck. Uh, There's different ones. The patch notes actually go into depth on all of these, so if you're interested or if you've had any of these issues, hopefully you haven't, then this will let you go ahead and continue playing. Uh, the last thing I really thought was really interesting was that Call of Duty uh, World War II was officially announced this week. A teaser image for the game was shown with a live stream announced for April 26th. And it looks like the timed exclusivity deal with PlayStation is continuing with this title. Um, I I tweeted about this. Yeah. I don't really feel very compelled to play this. I know that you like World War II, so I'm assuming that you're happy about it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick it up for sure. Somebody did point out on Reddit, and I swear, like it's a joke, but... I'll break the disc in two if they said that somehow you used exosuits to go back in time <laughs> and like it's like a hybrid. I, I, people say that no. way. No matter what, they'll always find a way to, to give jump packs somewhere in the game. Yeah, I yeah, don't. So like, it won't happen. If it's something like this Battlefield, is, now don't be wrong. This isn't completely in reaction to something like Battlefield One because these games are in development for three years at a time now. Yeah. Uh, so this is something they already kind of read the tea leaves on and wanted to steer towards because they knew that people were getting tired of this. Uh, but I think the smarter thing to do and what I hope that they do is that maybe moving forward Sledgehammer will make all the World War II and maybe slightly older style uh, war based games uh, maybe Treyarch goes somewhere in between and pulls back to a modern look and style yeah like 
Uh, maybe around the Modern Warfare style and kind of do some stuff that's like Spec Ops The Line or something that would be really cool. Definitely with a dark storyline. Yeah, uh, and then hopefully line. Infinity Ward get to keep kind of going that futuristic path because I thought Infinite Warfare was fantastic. The campaign was really, really well written. Yeah. Uh, and it was extremely fun. But not only that, it was just gritty and dark in ways that Call of Duty's really haven't been. They've still always been those action games. And I don't know, this is still action game, but having uh, Taylor from Naughty Dog on, ex uh, Naughty Dog Rider, uh, come in and do the story. I really felt like they cared for the first time about how you perceive the characters and how the characters per, like interact with each other. Yeah, and, and I found like, I actually cared about the characters in this game, whereas like Soap and all those people and Captain Price, I didn't really care about them in in Modern Warfare One or Two. The scenarios and the lead ins were cool, but that was because back then the game was doing something that games had never really done, which was being as photorealistic as possible. Trying to, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and then having pretty real. I mean, and obviously those games have got really good gunplay. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah, and going it's back like, to like World War One, uh, Battlefield One was a really fun game in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. I liked the aesthetic going back. It was refreshing. Yeah, well, I and, think uh, World War One was interesting because I don't know. There's not a lot of games. Uh, the the thing specifically for me is that World War Two has been actually. Played out kind of. I mean, fucking ran into the ground. Yeah. Like when they said World War One, I, I was like, that's interesting. Because I mean, I don't, I can't really even think of many games that really touched on that. Yeah, and you got zeppelins and yeah, yeah. horses I mean, to and ride. I thought that was an so, interesting way to go about it. Yeah, but I'm curious because it's such a contrast to compare those two games because you have vehicles and everything in in open but, planes yeah, and then one's, one's kind of almost arena based. Here's what here's without, the thing though because I don't know if it's going to work out with this game. I hope that, because of the way that they did it in Infinite Warfare, they could find ways to implement it. But one of my favorite things in Infinite Warfare uh, was the addition of side missions that you could knock out in, the, in any order you wanted to. They did say that there is going to be co-op involved in this one. So I'm curious as to how. We'll see. Um, hopefully it, I know. just the, to me finally breaking away from a little bit of the linearity but still keeping a strong narrative for people who wanted to not expand into the side quest. It was just really cool, and the side quest had a different, had a good variety in Infinite Warfare. Yeah. And I and I have a problem. Of where would you put the variety in a World War Two game? You can't unless you make plane sections, maybe. I never and have plane sections kind of take over what they did with the ship sections in um, in Infinite Warfare. But then I feel like you start blurring that line between Battlefield and Call of Duty even more. But I guess that's something that's a little too too much of a tangent to go off on. So uh, why don't you go ahead and hop into the releases for the week, Saul? Sure. So uh, just a little note at the beginning is that if I don't say the date, it is going to be the Tuesday release, which is going to be the day after this podcast airs. Um, so there's going to be, a, I think, two dates in here for two games. There's going to be a Thursday release and a Friday. I'll be sure to say those. But if I don't mention the date, it is going to be the day after this podcast comes out. Um, I will still mention if it's digital or retail, though. Um, first game on the list is a Neo Geo game, similar to last week. Yeah. This is actually coming out a Thursday release. I think um, one last digital. week was Thursday as well. Yeah, uh, Galaxy Fight <laughs> Universal Warriors. Galaxy Fight Universal Warriors is a fighting game released by Sunsoft in 1995. In the world that was destroyed by the destructors of the universe, eight warriors challenge each other to a fight. Cool little retro game there. Uh, next out is a Crossout, a PS4 digital title. Join Crossout, the post-apocalyptic Pop, I can't ever say this word for some reason. The post-apocalyptic MMO uh, action game. Craft your unique battle machines from dozens of interchangeable parts, ride them into combat, and destroy your enemies in explosive online battles. That's a free-to-play game. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I, I mean, but I just feel like MMOs have been kind of run into the ground this, this generation, but I know that there's people that have... A, they want that. You know, they have a taste for that, and they really want that to be something going forward, but... I'd be interested to see how this ends up performing because I think a lot of the games have ended up kind of flopping through. There's games that were at PlayStation's launch that I haven't really heard much about. Yeah, and it seems like it's going to be maybe a um, vehicle-type based battle because it's the way it's Which saying. may end up saving it if it's anything like uh, Mad Max was. People love the con the vehicle combat in the, new ma in the Mad Max made by Avalanche. Yeah. Um, so, who knows? Next game on the list is a PS4 digital title that goes by Death State. Death State is a roguelike bullet hell adventure set in a bizarre world of dimensional exploration. Play as a number of unique characters trying to discover the fate of Professor Ellenberg, who opened the portal to the void. Are you ready to venture deep into the abyss? Interesting game. Kind of reminds me a little bit of H.P. Lovecraft with the Cthulhu hiding off in the background over there. <laughs> I'm um, digging this next game's artwork. I don't know what the hell it is, but I like it. it. Yeah, it definitely sounds cool. It's uh, The Deer God, which is a PS4 and PS Vita digital cross-buy title so you'll get both for the price of one it's good it's cross-buy yeah. yeah um the deer god is a breathtaking 3d pixel art adventure that will challenge your beliefs and your platforming skills it is a game about survival reincarnation and karma 
all set in a breathtaking and unique 3D pixelized world. So, I'm not, yeah, I, I seriously might play this. So, uh, um, it's like you're getting reincarnated by, into a deer. If we ever do a Vita episode, Crossbow is going to be on my top features list because I love that. That feature is really cool. Yeah. Um, we have Dragon Quest Heroes 2 coming to PS4, digital, and retail. A thousand years after peace, the Seven Realms suddenly collapse in a conflict as if guided by a mysterious and malicious force. Now you must lead a band of powerful heroes in a quest to defeat evil and save the war-torn world. It, now The I, picture says demo. That's what I'm confused about. I don't know if this is a demo coming out on Tuesday or if this is a full game. I'm so, going to say it's probably a demo. The, the fact that they, they actually have the picture there, it's it's highly likely. I mean, I wouldn't give up. I haven't seen a release date for Dragon Quest Heroes 2, but it could be possible. I yeah. don't know. Those aren't really games for me, so I don't follow them that Hero, he, The Heroes versions of Dragon Quest, eh. The uh, Dragon Quest... Eight, I think came out on D, uh, 3DS not too long ago, so yeah. I gotta pick that up for sure. But um, anyways, next game is Eventide Slavic Fable. Eventide Slavic Fable is an exciting adventure game inspired by Slavic mythology, set in a contemporary heritage park where, for some reason, the way that this is written out has gotten me it's weird. Loops. Yeah, set in a contemporary heritage park where mythical Slavic creatures coexist with humans. The adventure begins when the protagonist, a famous botanist, receives an alarming invitation from her grandmother. The park's curator. You know, it kind of reminds game. me. There was a game on PSP from way back in. It was called like Silver Tail or some shit, and the art looks like that. And it just looks like a odd kind of low budget dungeon crawler style game. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. That's just that's basing off the artwork, but it does sound odd for sure. Yeah, and um, going into the next game, we have Legend of the Dark Witch, a PS Vita digital game. The Siaga crystals have been bestowed with great power upon people, but now someone has stolen them all, and the world is drowning in darkness. Help the witch Zayuzu recover the stolen crystals. Zayuzu, Zayuzu, Zizao. Yeah, Zizao. Um, looks interesting by the art. Little Nightmares coming PS4 digital and retail out Friday. This game has been getting really good reviews. Yeah, uh, it looks cool. I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. It's, it's one of those things I do need to play. But I believe it's yeah. Uh, let me read through this real quick. And I think immerse yourself in little nightmares, a dark, whimsical tale to confront you with your childhood fears. Help six escape the maw, a vast, mysterious vessel inhabited by corrupted souls looking for their next meal. Is this a platformer game? Yeah, it's I, like I, a two D platformer. It's really weirdly three. Or I, it may even have some three D sections, but from everything I've seen, it looks like a kind of side scroller based game. Yeah, it looks interesting. Um, next up, we have Outlast Two PS Four digital title. Outlast 2 introduces you to Sullivan Noth and his followers, who left their wicked world behind to give birth to Templegate, a town deep in the wilderness and hidden from civilization. Noth and his flock are preparing for the tribulations of the end of times, and you're right in the thick of it. Outlast 1, fantastic game. I uh, Horror games, for me, if something's chasing me and I can't see what it is, that's where it come, That's where the horror comes in. And that's where yeah, Outlast was. 1 was a really cool game. Yeah, that's where that game was... Uh, that, it got me. Next game on the list, in the same vein, is Outlast Trinity. So, Outlast Trinity is the retail version of Outlast 2. It also comes with the very first one, a DLC, Whistleblower. The critically acclaimed franchise is now available for the first time on disc as a complete package. The bundle features more than 20 hours of terrifying gameplay across Outlast 1, Outlast Whistleblower, and all new Outlast 2. I keep trying to say Outcast for some reason. Uh, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, next up is Period Q. <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> oh, like the creatures, like every one of them looks like Andre 3000 just running and <laughs> screaming, hey, uh, you. It's terrifying. Next game is Period Cube Shackles of Armadeus, out digital Friday for PS Vita. In search your older brother's whereabouts, you join the online RPG Arcadia in hopes of discovering clues. Having lost consciousness about bi or after being drawn into a mysterious light, you wake up within the game's fantasy world. However, the world the only way to escape the world of life or death is to clear the game. There's a lot of media in the world that has that uh, premise, so it's interesting. Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yeah, we got. A I don't know what the hell digital. Puyo Puyo is though. It's another like. Uh, I mean, I know it's a game, and it's yeah. like it flips between the two game types, but I have no clue what Puyo Puyo is. I've never played it. I've never even heard. I never of played it, it either. I, and to be honest, I wouldn't pick up a Tetris game. But you know, everybody likes Tetris hey. in some form or fashion. It's just not. Tetris something, is fun. It is just not something I pick up on PS. Yeah, I mean, I don't play it anymore, but I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, two puzzle game juggernauts collide as Tetris, one of the largest selling and recognized brands in gaming history and Puo Puo from Sega have combined to create fun to play fast paced competitive game like no other 
So it definitely sounds fun. We have River City Melee Battle Royale Special out Friday for PS4. The most popular melee battle from this River City franchise is back with new and improved action. Enjoy the Battle Royale action with up to four teams at once. Hmm. Never heard of that game series before. Shovel Knight. <laughs> Even though I didn't play it. But yeah. I know you're excited. I, I am. Just, I love the artwork for this, like in the actual artwork, but I'm not a huge fan of the sprite work. Like, it's not bad. It's just I've never really cared for the game, so not I playing it, I guess I haven't adjusted. I loved it. Uh, Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment. It is a PS4 digital release. Take control of Spectre Knight, servant to the Enchantress, in a quest to recruit a cadre of knights and create the Order of No Quarter. Experience perfect platforming, world-class visuals, impeccable stage design, and incredible music. And even meet a friend or two in Shovel Knight Specter of Torment. So I'm not going to say anything involving um, Shovel Knight's story, because there's spoilers in there. But I'm thinking that this is going to be a small prequel, which is interesting. I wasn't expecting it to be that. Um, Next up, PS4 Digital Retail. We got Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Go behind enemy lines with the modern... Modern military shooter. Modern mo- it's the ultimate <laughs> modern military shooter. The ultimate. Song. Play as American Sniper dropped in Georgia near the Russian border. That threw me off for a second before I realized which one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> choose your own path to accomplish your missions across an unforgiving open world. You go into Russia, you must need a peek. <laughs> <laughs> we have a title we brought up not too long ago. I believe it was episode one, maybe two. Static oh, yeah, yeah. For uh, PSVR out. 424. So, so they're holding to their whole, you know, releasing these all what in the first quarter? Yeah, in spring like throughout spring. Throughout spring, that's what it was, yeah. So uh, Static is a VR game about solving puzzles on a place you don't know with a person you don't recognize and hands that are completely yours. The it's like art's a, completely yours. I may have said lightly, but I meant to say aren't. Um it looks like a finger trap game, but in VR, which is really, really cool to me. Um then we have Siberia three. A PS4 digital and a, a retail title this week. It is, yeah. I think we only got like three more left. But um, Siberia Three coming out on digital and retail for PS4. Join Kate Walker, a heroine beyond compare, in the unique world of Siberia. Dive into story, puzzles, and mysteries of this fabulous adventure. Conceived and drawn by Benoit Sokal. Sokal. Is it Benoit? Benoit. It might actually be Sokal. Uh, with music by. I don't know. Sir. Sir. He's making music now. He's not selling black, weapon, uh, black market weapons anymore. Yeah, yeah Benoit. Cause isn't ben, that Benoit. Well, Chris Benoit was a wrestler who killed his family, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I it. just know his name. I've never watched wrestling, but yeah, okay. I don't watch wrestling either, but I'm just saying, I know that this happened. Ah, uh, I do not. We have it up and. We have another VR digital title, Simply a Machine. I haven't heard about this one. I don't think this one was in the, the announcements that they did. I don't think it was Spring. either. Yeah, uh, I don't recognize the name. An ancient tower stands in a barren land. Ascend it and discover its mysterious powers. With the tower's guardian by your side, conduct the weather to breathe life back into the lands around you. Immerse yourself in the beauty of Symphony and the Machine's world. That sounds really cool, actually. Uh, we have Bahala Hills Definitive Edition for PS4 Digital and Retail. You are Liko, youngest son of Odin, exiled to Midgard by your father for failing to meet his expectations. Far from home, you now find yourself with a disgruntled band of outcast Vikings. To get back, you will have to lead them across mountains of Valhalla Hills, where a portal awaits you to take your rightful place in the realm of the gods. In Valhalla Hills. It's interesting. I like <laughs> I like uh, mythology like that, so that's interesting for sure. All right, boy. This next one I'm super excited for. And the one before it, or the one after it, is something that's disturbing. We have What Remains of Edith Fitch, a PS4 digital title. What Remains of Edith Fitch is a collection of strange tales about a family in Washington State. As Edith, you'll explore Colossal Finch House, searching for stories as she explores her family history and tries to figure out why she's the last one in her family left alive. Okay, so this is made by the people who made The Unfinished Swan. Um, and Oh, is it? Man, this game looks so good. They showed it at PSX uh, at uh, one of the booths. Yeah. They had a uh, little table set up for it. Man, it looks beautiful graphically. The the storytelling and the way they're going through like that you break through these things it's like really interesting I, this, this, this goddamn <laughs> I picture I can't, I can't get look over. at this picture without like smiling. anyway I'm extremely excited for what remains of Edith Finch and after I played a little bit of it at PSX and talked to the developers um, I'm excited to just play it because I mean the developers seem like they were so into it and that's one of the best part about being there is that some of the developers just were so stoked that you even cared to talk to them yeah now and, is and this it's a... like it looks so good I mean it's, it's that first person 
Uh, kind of vanishing like, of Ethan Carter. Yes. Okay. Similar. That's what I was thinking. Styles. Okay. And, and, and really a lot, but you actually see hands and stuff. It's even oh. kind of like um, the um, everyone's gone to the rapture. Uh, uh, well, actually, I don't know if you see hands. I'm trying to remember. But what I was going to say is it's a lot like their last game, which was the Unfinished Swan. Except for the Unfinished Swan had like paint that you'd have to like. It was an all white world, and you'd throw black against stuff to kind of see where corners. That's and stuff really were. cool. It was a PS3 game, and it's on Vita. Um, it's super, to get they that. were crossed by and it was super good but I don't want to distract from whatever the fuck this, this thing is this is uh, already too distracting this is a Wednesday release by the way yeah. I don't know if you saw that it's fucking Zombier and I was kind of confused on how to pronounce it at first but when you read it it makes sense drink Zombier to stay human resist luscious luscious zo- yeah you're right luscious <laughs> zombie cheerleaders exotic dancers Mimes. Mimes and a very suspicious guy in a thong. Is this the guy in the thong? No, no. This is just normal. I do. That's this, not normal. <laughs> this is scaring me. This is the weirdest thing I've seen. If you do yourself a favor and look up Zombier, and I don't know, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm very highly worried about this. I'm too scared to do it, but I'm gonna go ahead and look at something. Nope, nope, nope. Mission abort. Mission abort. Mission abort. I don't know how well you can see it, but that's fucking terrifying. It is. Like, that whole game is very, very odd. It reminds me kind of a Conker's Bad Fur Day in a way. It it makes me think of Abe, uh, Abe's Odyssey and all the the Odd World games. Uh, It's definitely an odd game. But just way more weird. Like, if you took that and what was that cheerleader game where you played as a cheerleader and you carried around your boyfriend's cut off head and it would still talk to you? That's not Chainsaw Lollipop. Yeah, yeah, Lollipop Chainsaw. Lollipop Chainsaw, okay. So it can be mixed Odd World and Lollipop Chainsaw together. I don't know if that needs to be done, but it was. It doesn't. And need it's to be coming done. out this Wednesday, so day two days after this podcast comes out. All right. So any of these titles, um, going through looking at, may pick up the Shovel Knight uh, DLC. I think you will. I mean, uh, eventually, I will. You. Definitely not on release. I don't think so. Um, Outlast is something I definitely recommend getting. If you, uh, I'm gonna get Outlast too for sure. Well, yeah. I, I, part of me wants to. I mean, I can go ahead and buy it. Part of me wants to hold off because I really want them to come back with a. I want them to update it with PSVR support. Oh yeah, but who knows if it will? Yeah, and uh, if you like horror games, those like I said, the thing that gets me in horror games isn't. Sometimes it's the visuals. More often than not, it's the same thing Dying Light does. It's that I'm running and there's something behind me and I hear it and it's like getting closer and then it hits me and it makes that so it's the whack that and everything thump. that thump it's just yeah. like that is what gets me when something's on my heels yeah for sure because um, I mean that when I played the first Outlast I played it all with headphones on Yeah, uh, and I played it on should. computer I really I, I should have got it while it was free on PS Plus and I ended up missing out on it didn't pay attention uh, I got it for like a dollar or two dollars on computer game was super good and that it's it's what it's what made Resident Evil 7 so good is like scaling back on the combat aspects because in Outlast you can't actually defend yourself at all. Uh, you're hiding and breaking free and running. Yeah. And, and I also really like that they wanted you to like... And don't wrong, there were always really enough batteries if you were adventurous enough. But I liked that it was like, you know, you to be able to see, you had to use your camera's... Um, infrared, yeah, the night vision, um, and you had to have batteries. And you had to, to have batteries so. to power your camera, so you could look through it, see. And it's like, so you had to play. It's like, do I want to go through this part in the dark and conserve the little bit of battery I have? Do I want to look for more batteries real quick? Yeah, that game is not a game you want to walk around in the dark in. That, that game is terrifying. It is. Man. It's a, it's fantastic. But it's terrifying in such a good way. I mean, like, dude, I was so pumped when I was playing that game. But I don't want to get too far into that. We can talk about horror games uh, on another uh, another episode or something towards October a little bit maybe. yeah do it as a Halloween special episode well uh, I guess it's time to move into the main topic and uh, to reiterate what that is we wanted to talk about and what really even made us think about it is that so far in the last two episodes since episode one was more of an introductory episode in the last two episodes uh, which was the Scorpio and then also last week obviously talking about E3 and what we want to see uh, we we have kept touching base on exclusives and right. even definitely in the Scorpio episode, we kept hammering home that, you know, you need exclusives for people to buy this. Um, so we kind of wanted to talk about loosely why we think exclusives are important and why they really draw people or pull people away from an area. I mean, cause sometimes, um, the exclusives make or break what someone buys if they can't afford both. Exactly. That's yeah. just what happens. So they go, okay, well, most games will be available on both platforms. So I can get either. It's just which one's going to fit the, the needs that I feel with exclusives. So, and I really, I guess the whole reason that really made me think about this is I think PlayStation has always 
done so well. Definitely, definitely throughout the PS3's life cycle and coming into this gen as well, they've done so well about getting exclusives either from first-party developers. A lot of them are first-party. Yeah. Uh, but they also do a good job at securing second-party developers who they keep making games like Ratchet and Clank with Insomniac. That's a second-party. The Order is uh, Ready at Dawn. Yep. That's also a second-party exclusive. Um, so, you know, they're, they're pulling developers that they believe can make games that they feel like will make people want to come to PlayStation. Um, and I think that they have done that with such masterclass this gen because, like, one thing we said is, like, I thought it was really smart of PlayStation to look at where they've messed up uh, and not getting Demon Souls to actually be an exclusive. They let that one kind of slip through but went ahead and pushed it to, to publish it in Japan. Yeah. Um, and... I think they realized how much people liked those games and how much the Dark Souls games really pushed that forward. So I think Sony really thinks about what kind of breadth can we get? Yeah. Like how how wide of a variety of exclusives can we get? And I think that that's part of why they do it better than anyone. I think that there's an argument to me made that Nintendo has always understood exclusives and that 99% of the time that all of Nintendo's exclusives are good. But I want to say that I can't even really remember the last exclusive from PlayStation that I just did not like. And now, some people didn't like the Twisted Metal for PS3. Loved it. Thought it was extremely fun. And it was, again, it was a reason to be different. I mean, in terms of, like, you know, where I always come down on, on Xbox's weakness with exclusives is, like, you know, we talked last episode, or uh, the Scorpio episode, about how all of the uh, exclusives moving forward are going to be available on PC as well. Right. Now, that could be... I consider that a bad move. I, I think that that's really bad business because it keeps people from wanting to come into your actual ecosystem. But I see that Microsoft is trying to say that, hey, our ecosystem now is Xbox and computer. We're coming yeah. back into computer gaming. Now, regardless of that, when it comes to the way exclusives are seen, I think it's obvious that most people see, and I, so I think this doesn't really need to be biased from us in the sense of just being dumb. I, I want to really talk about it and actually get into what I think because... I'm not going to say that obviously Xbox has exclusives. They have good exclusives. People care about their exclusives. But this is where you come down to. When you are out and about and you're hearing people talk about stuff uh, with Xbox, what's the most of the time when you hear a negative against play, uh, against uh, Xbox's exclusives? What is it? The lack of variety. It's all racing games and shooters. Whether they be third person or first person. Yeah. And- uh, it's it, They're all so similar. And, they, and they've really nailed that home with the Xbox One because almost every exclusive on the system has been a long-running franchise. And there's been almost no new exclusives. Sunset Overdrive didn't do too well, but... The game was at least an interesting break from them. I was excited to see Scalebound because I was like, yeah. this is a real first time that I can see Microsoft trying to do something different. They really want an exclusive under their belt that shows, hey, we are more than just the shooters and the racers. Like because Odyssey what, was last year. Exactly. And and that was a Square Enix game that they managed to pull in, and that was smart of them. It didn't do too well because Xbox has never performed in yeah, Japan. Yeah, which is a crime. But it was great. I was saying the other day uh, to one of my buddies, I, it may have even been you, I can't remember. It may have been Cody last night. Um that JRPGs have come back bigger now this gen oh, yeah. than they ever have. They really started sloping downward last gen. Uh, and I think that's because people were finally start able to make really, really good shooters that pulled people in and go, whoa, this is way better than any of the shooters we saw on PlayStation 2. Because now they could really do real big action scenes. They could do photorealism, which kind of is... Is more important in, you know, you don't want photorealism in a JRPG, typically. You want it to have that artistic flair. Yeah, like the, the style. Of, so um, I think that that's really, you know, and Racers really saw a big rise in the PS3 gen uh, because people started being like, look how much detail we can put into this this racing game. And like, look at these cars that can sound this way. And that's obviously still going on now. But like I was saying, PlayStation has nurtured an area for themselves where they can do things like Ratchet & Clank, which is a third-person shooter, but it's also a platformer. and more. So it's, it's like that perfect blend. And it's something different, and it's something accessible for people. Yeah. Then you have Bloodborne, which is a way different thing than typically what you would consider an exclusive. You know, that's not right. the kind of games that would have been exclusive last gen, typically. Now, Demon Souls was exclusive, but only because that game was not going to happen without PlayStation. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because my whole thing about the way I see exclusives, it actually is a, a big part of that is Demon Souls. 
And um, I'll go on that towards the end of this topic because it's going to be a small tangent that I'll run on. But um, I do think that when you go out to buy a console, you know, there's a couple factors depending on how you play games and who your friends are. And it's, do I get the same console as them? Are they all getting the same console? Should I go there? Or, you know, am I going to play Halo this year or I'm going to go play Call of Duty? And do I need an Xbox or do I need a PS4? Well, there's all these games over here on PS4, and then there's Halo over here. Does that warrant the $400 purchase or $300 purchase technically now? Um, and it's kind of going down to where if you walk into GameStop and you want to play, a, you want to buy a system, and you got a clean slate, you never have touched this generation before, and you've never owned a PS4 or an Xbox One or Xbox One S, um, and you go into GameStop and you look at the bundles and you see, you know, should I get the Uncharted bundle or should I get the Halo bundle? And then you go over to the PS4 wall, and then you look at all these games and you go over to the Xbox One wall and then you notice that there's a lot of games on the Xbox One wall that's also on the PS4 wall. But, but there's a there's smaller more, amount of games that are only yeah, on that's all, Yeah, I was going to say I was gonna say the exact opposite. I was going to say, yeah, but there's more games on the PS4 wall. And, you know, a big part of it is that there are games like Metal Gear Solid 5. You know, that would, like Metal Gear Solid 4 would have been only on PS3, would have been only on PS4. Xbox may not have had that depending on how development went. It could have very well been another PlayStation exclusive. That's true. And I think um, that, and I also think that uh, typically this is a small side thing. Uh, and it's, I guess it doesn't really pertain to the argument as a whole, but I do think that there's something to be said about games that are, that are third party exclusives. But they're exclusives for so long that people just play them on that one system. So like, yeah. I, I would really like to look at a breakdown of, of Metal Gear Solid Five uh, and uh, Kingdom Hearts if whenever Kingdom Hearts Three yeah, comes out. That's definitely weird. Uh, being on Final the Fantasy, Xbox. Final Fantasy coming out on Xbox and stuff. Like you know, Final Fantasy Fifteen sold extremely well on PS Four, and it actually sold kind of eh on P on the three on the Xbox One. Uh, the same can be said of the Type O HD remake. It sold extremely well on PlayStation Four. I didn't know it that sold was on Xbox One. Extremely weak on Xbox One. I didn't know that was on Xbox One. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I oh. feel like people have, they equate things. So, like, I mean, so many people played Metal Gear Solid for so long that that's just, even in their mind, it's almost like a pseudo-exclusive. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, in your mind, that's PlayStation. Yeah. I'm buying that game on PlayStation. And until another game was to come out and grab their attention and make them question, is Metal Gear Solid Five on Xbox? Or, you know, like, let's say if a game was to come out like Halo 8 and be like, well... I need to get an Xbox One to get that game, but was Metal Gear Solid on there? And then you see that's a multiplayer, and you're like, yeah. And then multiplayer go to a weird kind of way of which system does it perform better on? Yeah, but I don't want to get into that because that's that's diluting the the main argument. And so going into that, well, I, mean, I, I, I just I don't want, think there's an argument. Well, I mean. well, when I say argument, it's it's diluting the main point in the discussion, which is why are exclusives important? Because when you go into that, you're bringing third parties into it. Because I mean, really, this should be a discussion of exclusives. I mean, why? Why would you choose PlayStation or Xbox over? So what I was saying is that, you know, when you look at Xbox's, what do you want to really call it, roster of exclusives? Yeah. And you look at what it's gotten, it's gotten the one-offs that are a little different. It's got Dead Rising. But yeah. Dead Rising ended up coming over to PlayStation in some form or fashion. Not Dead Rising 3. It came to computer. Yeah. So again, not true exclusive. But you, you have Dead Rising. Dead Rising 4 came out over there. You have Rise, Son of Rome. That's a kind of different style exclusive for them. But these are exclusives that didn't perform very well and they didn't go anymore. So what have you seen the majority of this this gen? You've seen Gears of War remakes, Halo remakes. You've seen Forza out the butt. All you see is Forza every year. They have a, a new Forza. Yeah. They have Gears of War 4 come out. Halo 5 come out. Halo 6 is going to be on the horizon. Halo Wars 2. These are long-running franchises. Halo Wars 2 is different. I will give them that. Getting Creative Assembly to make that game, which is a really renowned um, strategy game developer uh, from Sega. I think it's extremely smart on their their, their, uh, their behalf I mean actually going how can we make the best version of Halo Wars 2 as we can and it's something different so for people who like that series on Xbox that is a truly different exclusive for what's di what for them oh yeah but see you don't see things like Nier Automata on, on, on and I mean yeah that's a second part or a third party exclusive I apologize uh, but you don't it's like you know it, there was a the talk with the developer where they go this can only be on one console what do we think it performs best on I think that PlayStation and its user base are so used to having this broad variety of gameplay that I think whenever they look at a game that is a risk like Nier Automata it was, because the first game was a flop, there's no telling that this game, even with this great, you know, like Yoko Taro and Platinum coming together for this almost dream team-like development crew, there's still 
do you have the bad juju and the bad name from the first game to carry over? Does that affect you? So they look at it and they go, you know, PlayStation actually nurtures difference and the people embrace it. PlayStation users typically embrace the change because yeah. you know now you've seen Neo, another Dark Souls style game that was exclusive to PlayStation uh, and performed extremely well on PlayStation. It's like PlayStation users are a little more hungry for that difference. Now, I mean, we see with Xbox coming. I want to be fair to them. They have things like Sea of Thieves coming, but yeah. and then they that's still down. really playing down on that multiplayer that they've always been known for. You know, most of the exclusives on Xbox side are actually more revered for their exclusive for their multiplayer aspect. A lot of the time, people love Halo, but what do people really talk about when they talk about Halo a lot? Yeah, the story's cool. There's cool stuff going on, but people always talk about. Man, you remember how we used to play Halo Two online? Remember how we That's used to play Halo Three online? That's another part of my online? tangent. Oddly enough, yeah. Well, I guess what I should say is my my point going down is that exclusives make or break a console because when you go to look into buying a console and you look and you see something in this particular case this is an argument that can i mean it's not even an argument this is a clear cut you see it uh now opinion wise it could change but when you look at someone who who likes the breadth of games and goes well what system makes more sense to me you look at the playstation and the value that it already has right and you go okay not only does it have every game I want to play that's third party, but look at this variety of first party. And see, that's what I was saying games. earlier about third party is that you'll also go to PlayStation because if you go look at these multiplayer games, they perform better. Yeah, there's less frame drops. I mean, that's important. That's higher. important to say for the argument against the for the PlayStation Four and why to pick it up. Well, I'm, talk, I'm also thinking about reasoning when you're going to buy a console. Is it just exclusives you're thinking of, or is it other these other factors? That yeah, have? but exclusives are typically going to be your make or break point. That's what I mean. I don't think you'll care that much if Call of Duty performs worse on it. If the exclusives that you are that you are hungry for are Halo and Forza and Gears of War, if those are what you're hungry for, and that's what I mean, this really isn't even a discussion over PlayStation being the me like being leading. more fond of PlayStation or even even thinking that they're being leading. I do think that, but I think that this is a discussion that tells you that this is why exclusives matter, and this is also just happens to be why I think PlayStation excels so much. Yeah. Yeah, in and, the exclusive department. And, uh, and I think when you hear people talk about it, and it's a it's childish arguments and stuff, but when you see this thing going back and forth between people, when people talk about, they talk negatively about Xbox, it's typically that there's no exclusives. And when people talk positively about PlayStation 4, it's people go, why'd you buy a PlayStation 4? They go, well, all the exclusives, man. And, and think about it right now. If you jumped into a PS4, you talked about going to a store, you've never bought or played a PS4 or an Xbox One. This right. is, you're coming clean into slate. this clean slate. If you look at the PS4 and you look at all the exclusives that you can only play on PS4, and you look at how many of a variety there are and just how many there are. Second to none. It's like, insane. I mean, on, the, the number. This yeah. is qua- quantity over quality at this yeah. point. It's it's vast. Right. Now, it just so happens to be that there's also a very high quality to all these games. Right. So when you look at something like that and you have this word of mouth that goes around, people go, yeah, PlayStation does have great exclusives. You can only play them on on PlayStation. So you can go, well, and then that argument becomes, well, you can just buy a PlayStation 4, get the exclusives there, and then build you a PC and play all the Xbox exclusives exactly. on the PC. And that's what I was going to do at one point in this generation was get an Xbox One S for, um, for like Halo Online because I, you know, I, I like PC, but I... I find most of my PC games are kind of niche in that area, like Civilization. But then I was going to get a PC, uh, or make that PC that I have to uh, to play games like Civilization and all these other uh, kind of strategy games. Um, not really a huge fan of Counter-Strike, but that may have been one of them if I was interested in that. And then I'd have a PS4 for everything else. Everything that is not Halo, everything that is not strategy-type games. And there yeah. are a few on there that I will play. But, you know, if you want games and this is coming from somebody who uh, actually i'll just go into that tangent now because you jump ship I'll, i mean i think that that's important yeah, to say yeah here. so i mean it, this is that's why i thought this episode would be a good idea you're a perfect example there's a good of how playstation and and like i say with them leading there's a clear there's a clear difference here oh yeah i came from ps3 to ps4 because yeah. that, i stuck with them because i already knew well, the exclusives i wanted now you really jump ship as somebody who played a little bit of both, but primarily 360, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but you jumped ship to PS4. Yeah, and I'll go through like what what went through my mind, and so being mainly on Xbox 360, you know, main Halo 3, Call of Duty, all the Call of Duties basically. Um, then there was a little game called Halo Reach. Well, I was not a huge fan of that, so there was a kind of a lull time in between me playing Xbox and me doing like the DS, where. 
there wasn't really a whole lot for me to turn my Xbox on for. If there was friends online, they're playing Halo Reach. I may jump into play. More than likely, though, not worth it. Um, so then there was the Xbox One reveal. And being a huge Xbox fan, that left a pit in my stomach with the way that... The, the way it was pushed. The way it was pushed. You know, working a mall job that was minimum wage, part-time, I can't afford brand new games. So they're telling me I can't trade in my games now to buy a game because you can't use, use games on that system. Not worth it. Left a hole in my stomach. And um, so a couple months went by and I was kind of bored. I was like, I need to play games again. You know, Pokemon on my DS. I'm getting tired of it. And then I thought back to playing Metal Gear Solid 4 or 3. Oh, four. Four on PS3. On PS3. On Cess PS3. This is before I actually owned one, but there was one somewhat accessible in my household before we moved out. And so I saved up a couple paychecks, went and got the Uncharted bundle that came with Uncharted 3 and the PS3. And uh, got... Metal Gear Solid 4 and one other game. The Last that, of Us? Did you pick that up? No, I picked that up when it came out. I got the PS3 before Last of Us came out. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'm keeping the other game kind of down for now. Because being a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, said it last episode, I would wanted them all on PS4 like Kingdom Hearts is now. It'd be fantastic. But um, jumping into Uncharted and just the opening of that game, getting Drake's sweater wet and watching it react to water, and be like, this is amazing. Now, I'm not a huge Uncharted fan. Uh, I like the series. I'm currently on series fatigue after buying the collection for PS4 and playing them all but way yeah, too close so together. So you dipped out of 3 on PS3 when you got it back then. Because I, uh, I had new game syndrome. I had so many games I had just bought for the system, I was like, I'm going to hop back and forth between all these other games. Yeah. Um, so played through Metal Gear Solid 4 again, and I loved it. Then the other game I picked up was a little game called Demon's Souls. And I barely remember Seth playing it. And I barely... I never even played it when Seth had it. And... Played through that and I loved it. Then I played some other games. God of War was one of them. Three? Uh, God oh, of War three, yeah. When that came out, um, I, it wasn't on the greatest hits by that time. I don't think. It would have been. It would have been okay because I know Demon Souls was on the red greatest hits for me. Um, I got it and it was the red case. Well, because you're talking post 2011. I'm talking about a year. And this a half, is like two. two years. This is like 2012. Yeah, it's it's late into the cycle. It's like I said, I was mainly on 360 for that entire generation. And then, are you bought it? I want to say you bought it. The I don't, you bought it 2013 because that's when the Last of Us came out. And no, no, no. I had it about a year before the Last of Us came out. Okay. okay. Yeah, because uh, I had it before I moved out to my apartment. Before this one, I live it now. Yeah, and okay, I, been, I do remember that. Yeah, I when you moved in, you had it. It's been a while, but um, I played. You know, I played through all God of War, and I went back and I got the DMC HD collection because I like uh, Devil May Cry, and all these games that I was playing, none of them quite hit the spot like Demon Souls did. And so I found out that there's a little game series called Dark Souls, which is a spiritual successor to that game. Went out and got Dark Souls 1, played it and loved it. Went out and you were with me when I got Dark Souls 2 Collector's Edition for PS3, played it and I loved it. Then, amongst all this new PS4 information, a little title named Bloodborne came out. And that... I love how everything's a little title. A little title. I, and I love that. That's like super You may exciting. not have heard of it. <laughs> you may not have heard of it. But, right. you know, Bloodborne, not only did it sell over 2 million copies. <laughs> right. And so I bought a PS4 mainly for Bloodborne, mainly because I had an Xbox One at that point. I wasn't really playing it. We played Destiny on it a little bit. We didn't play anything on um, it. I sold that so quick, boy. As soon as y'all quit playing it, I was like, I'm ducking the hell out of this. Well, I, played, I don't even like multiplayer games. I'm done. We played Advanced Warfare on it for a little amount, and we played Destiny on it for a little amount. That was the only real reason I had it. Once again, a system yeah, I reliant... Yeah, after all, y'all. Once again, a system reliant on friends being online. The Xbox One. So, once I got Bloodborne and my PS4... I realized, thinking back, what, two days ago when we were talking about this topic, what do I think so much of exclusives and how important are they? And I think of exclusives are little seeds in a foundation. And once you are part... Seeds in a foundation? Seeds, you know, in the ground, we'll say. In a foundation? In a foundation. That ruins the house, man. You're growing trees and shit through your house? They're going to be beautiful trees. Just part of the fucking floor? Part of a forest. Okay. But I think that... For PS4, I got it for Bloodborne. And I got it to play Remastered Last of Us because I was a huge fan of the first Remastered. And now I'll have Remastered 2 on it. Something interesting, because I went and compared some numbers. Uncharted 3 was outsold by Uncharted 4. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By 2 million copies, I think. I don't even know, man. It was that game. Uncharted 4 sold. But I think that why that is is that it's because there are that many more people 
on this system now than there were on PS3. Yeah, there are people, and I think and, this is, there's so many people that jumped from 360 who played all these exclusives they missed out on the PS3 gen. Because I still got to say, part. while PlayStation 4 is doing fantastic, dude, PS3 and PS4 is aiming to change that. Over time, we're really seeing it, but man, PS3 killed it. I mean, that was their that was their way back up. And see, when well, they were drowning and behind Xbox, we, they buckled down. They said, "We got to be smart, make consumer friendly decisions, and we got to show that, that this console can make and play games that you just cannot get anywhere else." And that's exactly how they strung their way back up. I mean, without the exclusives that they kept coming out with, that I don't know if you know this, but the PS3 outsold the 360 in the long run. I mean, they were very close, but it ended up breaking it. And that was, that was with well, it. I thought the P- nope. I thought the 360 doubled the sales of PS3. The entire run. The entire generation, the PS... Go look. Really they both ended They up. both ended around 80 million uh, with the PlayStation 3 eclipsing the 360 sales. And it might have been because there's two reasons, I think. PS3 no, early, launched late. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, early, early, that was definitely the case. But no, I mean, they um, they scraped themselves back to the top. They knew what they were doing. I that, mean, that's crazy. And that is part of what made the PlayStation we see today, which is like, we have got to make the best exclusive. We got to tell people why you game on PlayStation. We got, well, we don't even tell. We got to show them. We got to put. Okay, it, it did not sell, but it was very, very, very close. No, it, it also goes... I mean, that you're looking at Wikipedia. It probably hadn't even been updated. Guarantee you. Well, what other source would you say? Because VG Charts isn't that accurate. Yeah, VG Charts isn't going to be it either. But you should just look up uh, PlayStation 3 versus Xbox 360 sales and don't go off of Wikipedia because I guarantee you it hasn't been updated. Let's see. I mean, unless the little weird bump, but I mean, they still um, do... Um, they still match... You know, the Xbox One doesn't actually reveal their sales. They reveal their sales as Xbox 360 and Xbox One sales together. Yeah, and it's weird. But um, anyways, like the whole point of my conversation was, and I, that's a JPEG I can't read. Um, yeah, it looks like, once again, a very small JPEG. But it, yeah, it doesn't like the PS3 edged out the 360, which is a surprise to me. Um, but all those people like me who jumped shipped and the other part of the PlayStation family... You're gonna stay here. You got these games that you never played before, like Uncharted and The Last of Us, and you're going back and you're playing these HD remasters, and you're having the games that you didn't get to play last gen that you're playing now, and which just makes that exclusive lineup on PS4 that much bigger. We'll see, and then think about it when when Uncharted Five is announced for the PS5, people who did not get to play that's VG charts again, though. I know, but what my point is. And, and I want to see if they have a source of where they got this information. Because okay. this is not VG Charts reporting numbers their normal way. This is something saying... Yeah, and I can already see it on this chart that it's outsold. I just can't see by how many. Um, once again, because it's a JPEG. But um, I think that since those people, they missed out last year on PS3. They're all on Xbox 360. And this is people like me, once again, not a huge generalization. But if you jump ship and you missed out on PS3 games and you're replaying them on PS4... And then now you have these little games that you are excited about because you've played the games now. You, you've you transitioned from Halo to Uncharted and then from Forza to Gran Turismo, which is not even out yet. But, you know, it's another racing game. Or Drive Club is a better example because that's what came out. But I think that, like these, these, these games are seen as little seeds. And they help you grow within this ecosystem and this foundation of this company of PlayStation because... All the people who missed out on Uncharted last generation. And The Last of Us. And, and The really Last of Us. And they're replaying them as the form of HD remasters. And now they have a home here. They're going to stay here. They're not going to go back to Xbox. And they're I'm picking not, up Uncharted 4. And yeah, they're excited and for The Last exactly, of Us Part 2. And, exactly. And just like now, I'm not going back to Xbox. Unless the Scorpio. I'll probably buy a Scorpio. But that won't be my main system. I don't even think I'll and buy it. Depending on the price. And depending on what you get. Because right now they have nothing. They're dead in the water. They have Halo. I have the Halo Master Chief Collection at home. I have, have Halo Sea 5. of Thieves. They have... They have Sea of Thieves. They have Crackdown 3. They have Gears of War. And they have Forza. They have the same five games minus Sea of Thieves that they've had for 10 years now. And this is coming from somebody who spent... I'm not I'm not going to make up a number. I could surpass it. 3,000 hours in Halo 3. Yeah. Probably. This is coming from somebody who used to toot Microsoft's horn like... No business. Tug on them nuts, wouldn't Tug you? Tug on that horn. Like, no absolute, like, anybody's business. And it, you know, after the Xbox One reveal, it was nothing but betrayal. And then now I've gotten, I've sat at home, and there are these games that I have played that, before then I was relying on multiplayer. Like, I realized that about myself thinking back to this topic is that, man, if I didn't have somebody online with Borderlands 2. Or Modern Warfare 3. You wouldn't play Halo 3. I wouldn't have played. No, I would have played Halo in that. But, you know, 
there I would have bought other games because they weren't something I could enjoy with my friends. And yeah. now it's a total flip flop. The PS4 has completely basically reverse that method of now that like I don't play online with anybody I play Persona 5 sitting in bed on my Vita like I don't I don't need an online presence there is Destiny and that game is fantastic and I love the experiences I have with it so I can't say I would never do it but that's there is just added enjoyment and I think that if you're looking for a single player offline type gameplay I say offline because I don't mean with people you need to be connected on most of these games but I think that when you're sitting there and you're playing these games and you're just having a good time. You reflect back on those experiences. It really came out for me. It was like, thinking back to Halo 3, you know, staying up the first night I had Xbox Live and probably playing until 10 a.m. the next day and then going to sleep all day. And those memories, to me, are just as fond as sitting in my pajama jams on a rainy day playing The Last of Us on okay. PS3. So these exclusives are important because you tie together, like, the games you play. And you tie together what makes you excited for video games and you tie it together with all these games but then you tack it onto a company and you tack it onto the company who you hope is going to lead you in the right direction with these exclusives yeah. and i think it's a good example is just currently in this generation is that you know you can go buy an xbox one and play all these multi-plats and then you can have fun playing halo nobody's trying to take funness away from you oh it's no i mean depth, I said, they have exclusives yeah. there are people that prefer those exclusives uh, and, I, and that goes towards the argument, but uh, I want you to go ahead and finish because there's oh, well, that's two. Just basically, oh, it. you're fine. I'm just saying there's two things that we haven't touched on that I actually do want to touch on because it kind of changes the way that exclusives are going to be seen moving forward anyway. Yeah. And then there's also one thing we didn't really touch on. So we keep giving praise to PS4 um, for our PlayStation and its current stream for all the exclusives. But I do want to say, obviously, beginning of the PlayStation 4 gen, there was a lot of delays. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they kept, these games kept moving back. Drive Club was delayed. Uncharted 4 was delayed. The Order 1886 was delayed. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, but the same, I feel like, is honestly true of Xbox One. There were delays and pushbacks and not a lot of new announcements. But, I mean, obviously, PlayStation's come back. Second thing I want to talk about, which we didn't really mention, but I do think is important, is moving forward, are exclusives even going to be the same? Because while we say that technically, yes, now you can play Microsoft exclusives on PC or Xbox One, uh, Sony have announced a while back that uh, PS4 games are going to be added to PS Now, now and they will technically be able to be played by streaming to the PS4, I mean, sorry, to the PS, uh, the PC, whether you have a PS4 or not. Great. And now, hold on. That's great, and it gets you into an ecosystem. But what does that really mean for the system moving forward? Because if we no longer see true exclusives from PlayStation either, which uh, this is all dependent on whether streaming technology picks up, PlayStation Now is still unproved. The numbers are not high. And there's data caps on the internet. There's everywhere. all this thing. There's data caps. There's reasons that people can't play these these games like that. Um, do we see Sony move away from this and go back to what we can really call a true exclusive? Or do we see that as as streaming becomes more and more viable, as data caps are are gone to the wayside and uh, and internet speeds go up over the years and stuff, what does that mean for exclusives moving forward? I hope personally that we still see PlayStation backing. I got my hope is that PlayStation Now is really yes, PS4 games are coming, all the multi-platform games are going to be there, so that you're just at least in the PlayStation ecosystem. Um, to get your foot in the door to hopefully buy a PS5 whenever that's coming. Yeah. Or uh, but oh, I don't say or, but my what I hope they're doing is that they're early games like Killzone Shadowfall. You can play on PS4 now. Knack you can play on PS4 now. Infamous Second Son maybe you can play on now. Uh, but that's it. I don't want them like The Last of Us Remastered stuff like that because you can already play those PS3 ones on PS on PC. But I think that you need to be able to constantly because if PlayStation makes to where literally you can play Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. You know what's the summer, point of having a PS4? What's the PS4? point of having a PS4 now? Yeah. De- and now, like I said, the problems with that come from streaming and what that means. But what if all the problems with streaming go away in the next year? It's not yeah. going to happen, to be fair. But you know, speculating why so, let's say that happens, being hypothetical, that happens, then there's no reason to buy a PS4 anymore. Which is exactly what my argument about not having a really reason to buy an Xbox or, or a Scorpio. Except for, and this is one true thing for consoles in general, there will be always people that buy the consoles because of the, the plug-and-play nature. Well, and I was about to say that, is that... I don't want to go too far off on this, yeah, no, but no, I do no, think it's important quick. to it's, say. Uh, but PS Now users, for a computer, they already had those machines. More likely, they didn't have a PS4. So I think that this is going to do nothing but help 
expand the PS4's library to other people who don't have the machine, but probably, I mean, if they have a computer that's good enough to stream a PS4, they probably didn't plan on buying it anyways. Yeah, so I it mean, just gives them a, a, a way to play these games so that, like, you know, I'm, I'm always for letting people, you know, expand their games by playing others. Um, you know, so if you have a, a gaming PC and you stream PS Now and you play PS4, you know, that may have technically stopped a PS4 sale because you're, you're playing on your computer and you didn't go out and buy a PS4 for that. But, I mean, in the end, you're enjoying a video game. That's what we're all here that's for. That's true. But but I guess my thing is that moving forward, is it technically... Because you're still going to How much it. money do they make from that? Because the whole point of buying the PlayStation 4, they make a little bit of profit on the systems nowadays. And then they, they sell the games and they make profit on the games. That's capital they can push back in to make more new IP and take more risk like Horizon and like Days Gone and these and The Last of Us. These unproven IP well, that are so amazing when they come out. I mean, this is... And that's what I mean is that as that, if that starts to pull away, that's a worry because I don't... The, the the whole sequelitis that everything gets is just it's it's annoying and old and I'm sorry Halo's a great series all the I mean Uncharted's a great series but I'm glad that Uncharted's ending well and coming for from, the foreseeable future and I'm not gonna say there's not gonna be any more Uncharted but I'm excited that even they are saying we're done with Uncharted after this lo- yeah. the lost legacy and the op- we're done we want to give Uncharted a rest that game is we've told the stories that we can tell whereas Xbox keeps pushing through and be like well we don't care we have we're going to keep telling more of Master Chief's story yeah and this but is we've seen enough Master Chief coming from honestly. the opposite leg somebody who's read all the books except like three um, yeah that story's dead like I, I couldn't play Halo 5 dude it was just not fun yeah. um, but you know I, I think that if it could end up hurting, you know, sales in the end. And I think that Sony could be very selective about the games they put on PS now because it's not the entire library. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, not, it's not. It hasn't been. So, you know, and is there something on Windows on Microsoft games where they're like play anywhere thing? Is it released at the same time or is it different release dates? I think the, the play anywhere on new games moving forward is same release date. Same release dates. And see, Sony may even do something as... You know, you could play Horizon 2 on PS5 in May, and then you could play Horizon 2 on PC in 2018. You know, or whatever. Who knows? Who knows? So, well, just anyway, I guess that, you know, time to wrap this up. But, yeah, I do think that there's a place for exclusives. And for oh, people yeah. who don't understand that argument, because I do hear that all the time, that why do, why do exclusives matter? The Xbox is still the better console, which is... I mean, on paper, it's not the better console, but you know. Yeah, and um, it, it comes down to like whatever. Well, is, it, yeah, because comes down to what you like, and that's yes. why I think the exclusives are important. It's why we really need them. We because I mean, exclusives drive people to buy that Xbox, which breeds more competition, which drives PlayStation to try even harder, which, which is good. I which, like competition. Yeah, which drives Nintendo to try harder to come up with something even more interesting than they what they've been doing. Um, and I think the Switch is a cool console. I think the Xbox One's a fine console, and I'm glad that those keep coming. <laughs> so um, I do think that there's a place for exclusives, and that's great. But um, remember, there's a new episode every Monday at 12 p.m. Uh, so it's noon CST or 10 a.m. PST. Um, we do have a Twitter now. Uh, Triangle Squared is our Twitter. Uh, so at give Triangle SQRD. Give us some love. Follow us. Uh, we We kind of... The news that we see, we kind of retweet and go through there. We have conversations with people. And we both use it, too. So chances we, are... Yeah, we always we, mark we, who we we're try, Yeah, we try to mark who's tweeting. Sometimes we forget. I've done it once or twice, and I saw you do it once yeah. or twice. So, you know, we're always on there. Shoot us a message if you want to talk to us. You know, uh, shoot yeah, us. tell us your ideas, what you think about exclusives, what exclusives made you buy the PlayStation 4. Let us know in the comments below if you want. Yeah. Uh, but remember, always new episodes. Uh, we host to YouTube. And in audio format only on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music currently. We are exploring getting onto more avenues, but those are the biggest ones. So we're going to kind of relax for a little bit and trying to make sure that those are working correctly. Don't forget um, to add us on PS4 either. In, yes, in our, the description. Our, in the description, our names, uh, our PSN ideas, uh, IDs will be there. Uh, so yeah, let us know if y'all have any uh, ideas that y'all would like us to talk about. We have our own ideas, but we always like the idea of challenging what we wanted to do with something that y'all have come up with. Uh, so until next week, this has been Triangle Squared. Episode 4. Thank you.